James chapter 3, 1 to 12. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a rudder makes huge, a huge ship turn where the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is, a restless, it is restless and evil and full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. So uh, James here is speaking to teachers, and as good teachers know, you need a lot of images if you're going to teach. So bits in the horse's mouth, rudders on a ship, tongue as a small part of the body, spark that creates a forest fire. He uses small things that make a significant directional difference. So right now, right here, in a congregation of maybe 400 I'm one small part. But I can make a significant difference right now because of my position. Because I'm the speaker. I'm the teacher. And to break it down even more, the part of my body, my voice, my tongue, is the small part that has huge influence right now. If my tongue slips up, it can do some damage. I can significantly significantly hurt people. And as we know, destruction, confusion is far easier than positive, constructive building up. The tongue is evil. A congregation can so quickly be misled or be confused just by the words of one person, the teacher. Do a quick illustration of how easy it is to mislead people. Okay? Put your hand up. And point to the right. Took you a second, right? So I'm telling the truth. I'm, I'm sincere, I'm genuine, I'm honest in what I'm wanting you to do. I'm wanting you to point to the right. Well, does that mean his right? Does that mean my right? Which is my left? I learned this in kindergarten. And very quickly, a well-intending teacher, by not being clear, can cause confusion. If we all moved, it would be, okay, which way are we going? And quickly we can end up going the wrong direction, causing confusion. 
As teachers, uh, we have the responsibility to be clear in using our words and using them well because they are powerful. However, uh, this is a challenge to do. It is very hard. In our day, written communication becomes more reliable, and yet we still end up making mistakes in how we speak and how we communicate with others, and it causes confusion and it causes hurt. I'll keep it fun. I'm not even talking yet about the intentional evil of the tongue. I'll keep it fun. This is why Spencer was saying the junior high, senior high. He's the senior high pastor. However, last week, if you looked in the bulletin and you read about our junior high ministry, here is the description of our junior high worship night last week. We'll start together in, we'll start the night with gym games before heading into a time of extended sinning and learning together. And sinning is actually spelled wrong. There's only one N. It's supposed to be two N's. I'm the dad of a junior high girl. And I'm thinking our junior highs are going into an extended time of sinning together. They don't need to be taught by our youth pastor how to sin. Oh, they forgot the G. It's singing. They meant extended time of singing. How quickly we are misled. There was a pastor here who we were talking about. uh, I think it was the the balcony section up there, uh, making it a a scent-free zone. Because uh, don't wear strong scents. It affects people. And we wanted to uh, allow an area. And so it was announced that the back sex pews will be for uh, scent-free. Six. Back six pews. Causes some uh, misunderstanding, especially when you're, you have the maturity of a, whatever, grade six boy. Um, but pretty quickly, people can be like, those are just innocent, right? Those are the simple ones, those are the easy ones. But the slip of a tongue can end up doing some damage when you just kind of, you mean something and it goes somewhere else and, and you, you mislead people. As leaders, uh, those who are in positions of authority, we can quickly mislead people intentional or not. This is what was happening in the context that James was writing to. The church was relatively new. Uh, People were figuring out doctrine and theology and ways to live. They were in an oral culture. They They were a speaking culture. Very few of them knew how to read. Those who were able to read James's letter to the congregation were the people of educate that had the education to actually read. Small part of their overall culture. They were the teachers. They were the ones to open their mouths. And I believe that James was trying to be really clear. This is why he's really practical. This is what you need to do. There can be no confusion in the congregation. This is how to speak. This is how to live out your faith. This is what it is. In that context, people were were actually vying for for positions of teacher. It was an esteemed role in Roman culture and in, in much of that world to be the teacher. And in a new system of beliefs. They were just coming out of Judaism. Christ had just ascended into heaven. They were trying to figure out their faith and life and how they were going to function. And people were vying for positions of authority and leadership relatively quickly. And I think that is why uh, James is saying, don't, don't be in a rush here. As I said, if you keep reading past this section, 
I think it makes a lot of sense as to why James introduces this section, not just on the tongue, but even broader in the book of James, by talking about, don't don't rush into being a teacher. He ends up talking about uh, uh, godly wisdom, submitting humbly to God, not slandering, not boasting about the future, and the list goes on. Teaching people how to use their influence in the life of the church. For me, I, I like the message paraphrase of this first verse in James. It says this, Don't be in any rush to become a teacher, my friends. Teaching is highly responsible work. Teachers are held to, held to the strictest of standards. And none of us is perfectly qualified. We get it wrong nearly every time we open our mouths. It feels that way. This congregation has been extremely gracious with me as I mess up my words all the time. And yet, we need teachers in the life of our church. Uh, if you're a young person that is, is, has teaching gifts, we need that used. We need that drawn out. We need people to go to Bible school and learn and, and bring it back and teach the scriptures. Yeah, it's, it's a challenge. It's hard. I think we've shifted the pendulum too far. We've taken this too literally into a place of, oh, we sh- I shouldn't be a teacher. I couldn't be a teacher. No, there's just a few key people that could. When we have a vast majority of people that have been through so many different classes and lessons and learning, and can teach in the life of the church. We all have influence. Maybe you're not even a a teacher, but you do have influence. You do have people that you are teaching. So business leaders, how do you talk to your employees? Do you praise God? Do you encourage and build them up? What about in the context of your family? How do you speak to your family? How do you speak to your friends? How do you speak to your neighbors or your roommates? What about written? What about social media? Does that count? Can a small little tweet set a whole forest fire ablaze? Does your social media presence give glory to God or does it curse people? If you're wondering about that, think back to the election. What did you say about our leaders? Was it positive? Was it blessing? Was it encouragement? Pretty quickly we can see that no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. And that a salt spring cannot produce fresh water. James was the the younger brother of Jesus. And so he was heavily influenced by Jesus' teaching. And Jesus uh, was teaching to, to the Pharisees and all the, the, the leaders of the, of the day in a legalistic environment. Judaism was so concerned about external cleanliness, not touching uh, an unclean person or an unclean animal. And Jesus comes along and he says, it, it's about the inside stuff that he's concerned about. He says in Mark seven fifteen to 21, Nothing on the outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it's what comes out of a person that defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside a person 
and defile a person. It's what is inside of us that comes out in our words, in our actions, in our tweets. Out of the same mouth comes praising and cursing. This should not be. So I believe that that the way that the NIV and the NLT have broken this up shouldn't have a break at the end of verse 12. If you look in your Bibles, there will be an introduction to a new part in verse 13. I don't think that break should be there. I think it should continue on. Because the next verse after this part says this, verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. And right away we have the, the, the answer to taming the tongue. It's in your actions. Live a godly life. Let people see your life, not just hear what words you end up using. We're right back to love God, love your neighbor, live out your faith. 